podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Super Bowl's this Sunday. Who you got? The Chiefs. He's such a Chiefs, homer. No, I, the reason we're talking about this at the barbershop, actually, the reason I said that I, I picked the Chiefs is because they had no business beating the Bills. They had no business beating the Ravens, yet they beat them both. And so I'm like, they have no business beating the 49ers, but they're probably just going to beat them too. Maybe they were out there. Good luck. I don't know. It's just too that boy. That boy Pat. He's too good. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history, first ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away, and it's Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of Jeremy Gill, and that is the People's Champ coming to you live from Lubbock, Texas, and you'll listen to it after live, so it really doesn't matter. But we are here to talk about the Lady Raiders. Of course, um, when you'll be listening to this, I just want to give a quick shout out. When you'll be listening to this, if you're listening to it when we drop on Friday, the women's softball team will be playing uh, Florida Atlantic, not Florida Atlantic, we'll be playing... um, a Florida team, and, and uh, well, good grief, well, what kind of fan am I? We'll be playing a doubleheader against a Florida team that I can't remember off the cuff um, at 2 o'clock, and then the double, the second header at 4. be a great opportunity to see Coach Snyder's team in action, uh, kicking off this very exciting softball season. Of course, we're picked 6th, um, I think, in the preseason rankings. Smash between uh, BYU and UCF, two very big kind of unknowns who both have had good seasons in their respective conferences uh, coming into the Big 12, trying to vie for uh, the upper portion of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. Coach Schneider, obviously very optimistic about this season, uh, but you know what I'm optimistic about? I have a guest on this show. On uh, I have a guest on, on this show who refuses, though we've been podcasting for years, years, people, Refuses to come onto my podcast when I want to talk about things. I feel like uh, I, 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 can't, I can't even put it into words. The, just the, 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 the hurt and the burden. But you know, you know him, you love him. Albie Shore on the podcast. Welcome, Albie, to the late, the late edition, the Tortillas and Take Late Week edition. Is, is this the first time you've ever introduced me on here? This is the first time. <laughs> That's I'm why I made myself You're... a drink. That's why I'm standing up. I, this is a monumental achievement for me. It is. Oh, I mean, it's also monumental because the first team that the Texas Tech softball uh, team is playing is Florida A&M and HBCU. And so how, how convenient of you to forget. Watch you. <laughs> I've got the perfect video for them to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man, we are having fun here. Uh, but you know who's not having fun? But you know who's not having fun? It's the Lady Raiders. Texas Tech have had have had a go of it lately. Um, currently, we are not having a very fun time. We are um, what are we? Thirteen and uh, sixteen and seven overall. That's thir- uh, five and six in conference. I'm all over. My numbers are everywhere. Five and six in conference. We were at a point looking really good at the beginning of the conference. Um, we had we had a win against Houston. We lost against Tan- uh, Texas, yes, but then we had a win against Kansas, and things were looking like we may have a really good opportunity here. Take back-to-back losses against the Oklahoma schools. We don't have to talk about that. Get a huge home win against number 24 at the time, Iowa State. They've since plummeted a little bit, but um, huge win, a huge win against Iowa State. 
loss on the road to BYU. We had a sweep against Houston. We win against TCU. And then we've just had back-to-back losses. You guessed it, on the road against Cincinnati and West Virginia. Albert, Lady Raiders. There used to be a time in Lubbock, Texas, where people would say, at least we have the Lady Raiders. I don't feel like that's the, well, I don't feel like we're in that era. It's, I mean, we can't win on the road. I mean, unless we're playing Houston, which is basically just another home game. Um, we, we just can't, yeah, we, we can't win on the road. And that's that's the, the crux of it. And, and you were mentioning before that loss at Cincinnati hurt because that's not a good team, right? Like that's when it comes to the Big 12 overall, right, there's kind of layers, right? You got the really good and that's you got the Big 5. K-State, Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Baylor. Then you have this little middle spot. And that middle spot is where you have really Kansas, Iowa State, uh, Tech. And I could actually, now about to say, I could argue Houston and Cincinnati. And we beat Houston early in the season, but you got to beat those teams in the middle. And that Cincinnati team is right now still clawing and scratching and fighting for their chance. That win for Cincinnati was the best win of the season for them so far. Right, because they they haven't gotten that opportunity, and Tech needed to be able to get a nice win on the road that would have been something that really helped their net rankings, and they just weren't able to do. It. Not only did they lose, we talked about a prepod, they got whooped. It wasn't wasn't close. Yeah, so let's get let's cut into that Cincinnati game for a second. I did say on the last podcast, uh, yeah, hey, this Cincinnati game, and I, I didn't mean to be dramatic, but the truth of the matter is is that at the time we had not won, we had won one road game against, you know, it's Houston, it's no big deal, uh, but we had lost, um, we had lost three, or three, and so um, it was like, hey, you're one and three on the, you're one and three on the road, you're doing great at home, but the committee is not going to look at that and be like, you know what, this is a good team, let's bring them into the tournament, like they need teams to win on the road because you're not playing at home when you're in the tournament. So they, you can't just be an excellent team at home and then just fall apart whenever you're on the road because it is, it has been falling apart. So this Cincinnati team, scratching and clawing is the best way to put it, like looking, striving. At the time, they were like one and one and five in conference, whatever, two and whatever. They were, they were dying. They were like, please, can we just get a win? And I said, you know what? Cincinnati is bad. We're not good on the road, but Cincinnati is worse. So I picked Texas Tech to win it. I was wrong. I was so wrong. Um, Cincinnati, uh, just we shot fine in the game. So if we're just gonna, if we looking at the overview, right, let's just kind of blitz through this. We shot really okay in the game. We were out-rebound, disgustingly out-rebounded, 43 to 26. There was no way uh, the Lady Raiders wanted to pick up any boards um, outside of uh, Jazz Shavers. But um, 19 turnovers. The turnover... The turnover game, and I'll talk about some stats when we get to the after we talk about West Virginia too. Turnovers have been increasingly bad for the Lady Raiders. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand why in the road we have a harder time. And, and road games are hard in the Big Twelve. Don't get me wrong, but these we have seen these athletes, we have seen these ladies play so well throughout the year at different points. Usually, I mean at home, but like we've seen these ladies play so well, so cohesively, take care of the ball and play. You know at a manner that we think this is going to be a tournament team and yet on the road we are just i don't understand dude and then on fouls 20 to 10 like texas tech couldn't get anything going it was it was it was a close enough game until kind of the end like there was a point actually in the third right where we get 49 we're one point down we're kind of surging back one point down what happens 
uh, you turn over. And then you turn over again. You waste the offensive possessions. And Cincinnati can't miss a bucket at that point. It goes from being 49 to 50 to 49 to 64. They went on a 14 nothing run. And the, four, the game, like the game felt over at the end of the first quarter because they went up big. And I'm like, man, but they scratched and clawed. They spent two quarters getting back, and it's a one point game going into the fourth quarter. And actually, you know, because I was watching that game, I was like, oh, we, we're, we're going to, I thought we were going to win the game going into the fourth quarter. That break, I was like, we're going to win the game. We've, we've clawed, we've scratched. You know, the offense is just not there, but the defense has kept us in this game and we're going to win. And the defense just decided we're not going to actually play in the fourth. Like, Cincinnati just put the pedal to the metal in the fourth quarter and said, yeah, that little defense I was playing the first three quarters, yeah, we're off that. We're now ready to go and win the game. And they just, they just defeated us. They looked like the better team, especially in that fourth quarter. They started fast. They ended fast. And, and I, that was, it, like you said, you mentioned Jazz Shavers, Shavers. She played good. She played very well. Nobody else did. Yeah. Not a single other player did. The bench was absent. No points from the – I mean, we had one player eight points on the bench. I don't care, you know, names don't matter. You had no bench production. And around her, it, you didn't have any, you didn't have really much help. I think that Jazz Shaver's getting 21 points on a game. Fantastic, right? Shooting 6-13 six, six from the field. Not bad. But Kyler Freelon, who's been a really good bucket for you this year, only two points. Uh, Jordan Merritt, who's really coming to her own uh, at, at her best, what she does for this team really well is rebound. If we talk about rebounds, she only had one rebound. Okay, seven points. Logan Johnson's kind of coming into her own at this time of the year, which is really good. She had nine points, and Bailey Maupin had nine points. But Bailey Maupin was – they were both zero from five, zero for five from the three-point. I do want to give Bailey Maupin this credit. I'll give her this credit because she did struggle from the field. Her shot just was not falling. But she at least adjusted. Very rarely do I look in a game and I'm like, oh, Bailey Maupin just sucked. Like, like she's been really good this year as far as if something ain't working, doing something else. She really became that facilitator in this game passing to Jazz mostly, but becoming a good facilitator in this game and also getting to the line, right, driving a little bit more, trying to get the easier baskets when she knows her shot wasn't falling. So I, I, I don't want to say you want I know, you know, Maupin's the star. She's the one that needs to get going. But I, she did, at the very least, try to find other ways to be successful. Unfortunately, in the fourth, nothing was falling for anybody. Yeah, and that's what's going to truly pay dividends for this team and for people like Mop and herself as we continue to grow as a team next year and hopefully the year after that if she doesn't you know, leave early or go somewhere else. Um, the adjustments are great. She's playing. She is punching above her weight class. Bailey Mop is one of the best, is going to be one of the best in the Big 12 by the time she hits junior senior, no doubt. That's an athlete through and through. Um, the hard part, I guess the part that I'm just honing in on, is that in games like this, when we were one point down at the turn, I, like you, was thinking – Dude, like we actually might get this. Like all we have to do is keep playing the defense that we've been playing. And Cincinnati, it felt like Cincinnati was reeling. All we have to do is start getting some buckets. Let's drive to the lane. Let's get some rebounds. Let's create on turnovers. And it was comical, comical how quick it didn't happen at all. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I just stopped tweeting. I was like, well, what am I going to say? Well, they got another bucket. Well, they got another bucket. Well, guess what? They got another bucket. It was really hard. And I think it, it, these these road woes for the Lady Raiders, you had to get this one in Cincinnati. Cincinnati was, is, on, is less talented than you. Um, though they were fighting hard and they were at home, you had, you had the game in hand. You really did. 
And I don't know what, there's no blame that really can be put on one person. I think that's unfair to a team game. Um, but you fell apart. And so the reality is, is that you left Cincinnati, you were down 49-50 in the beginning of the fourth, you lost the 74-56. you have any final thoughts on that game? No, I, I'm just glad it was over. Um, <laughs> that was that was bad, and especially like you said, going into the West Virginia game. Um, real quick aside, do you think that they came back to Lubbock, or did they go just stay out, stay out there? I mean, it's three three days between the two games. Cincinnati's not too far from West Virginia. I have no idea. I don't know, man. You think? Yeah. I well, know. I mean, it would almost be what would be more detrimental is the question. Like for somebody well, for an athlete, it's like you're going back to back road games. Would it so be here's more? The thing. Yeah, for out? an athlete, it's I think it'd be better to stay out there. For a student yeah. athlete, maybe not. Mm. Right? That's, I think that's the that's like if, if there were pros, right? These are the professionals. Then I would say no, stay out there. That makes financial sense. That makes you know you're not doing as much traveling. Because I do think one of the things that makes this game difficult, and one of the reasons why we started off so slow, is we started off slow every road game. That's not Houston, simply because it's far. It's a big it's a big distance. Houston's not as big of a problem, I think, for all parties football basketball like doesn't matter as much because it's i've flown that many a times if you fly united it is a uh hour long flight if you fly southwest you fly 30 minutes to dallas 30 minutes to houston right so it's an hour total um right so it's like and actually even may even be 40 depending on the pilot it might even be 45 minutes from houston to lubbock like it's not a far flight at all so you just you know you you you're good you get off the plane you're good to go so it's you're not at sea level. as you're at sea like it's not as much of a problem um, that travel, but traveling to Cincinnati, where it is a three-hour flight, I want to say um, from Lubbock. If you don't have any, because remember we're talking about also this may not be a direct, right? What if they have to stop in Dallas, for example? That's very common out of Lubbock. So you know maybe a stop in or anything like that. So Cincinnati's a little bit more difficult. If you're going to West Virginia, a lot of flights you have to go to Pittsburgh and drive down, right? And so it's a lot more difficult in that aspect. So it's tougher, especially for softball, for basketball, for, for you know, all these other non-football sports that those costs are taken a little bit more into account, that it's much more difficult. The travel is much more of a travel burden in these scenarios. So that's, so that's why I'm, I'm curious, because if, if you're going, if you're staying out there, Cincinnati, West Virginia, again, it's like a 30-minute flight, a 45-minute flight. That's not our... Now nah, probably about an hour, hour flight at most. It's not long. It's not far. It's not a much of a burden. Flip side of that, there are still students. They did still have at least class on Monday and Tuesday they would have missed. So, like, what is – I don't know. Um, it's an interesting burden. Uh, but either way, they had to get to Morgantown at, by some road or some, you know, whatever. Uh, and, man, it's <laughs> – I know some people a, had optimism about this game. It was a, valu- it was a valiant effort. Half it time, was a valiant effort. Halftime, I was like, "Good job, good job, good job. y'all are doing." You, you, you were, you were, you, you did your best. You got double digit points every quarter. I'm proud of you. Um, um, did they though? Third quarter, ten, just barely. Right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Oh boy, Mountaineers have the best defense. I turned, I turned it off in the third quarter. I ain't gonna lie to you. I you like, can't. You know, uh, I, at that point, I did too. I did too. I was like, at the turn of the fourth, I thought, "There's, I know how this is gonna go." I got stuff to do. Um, <laughs> West Virginia, one of the best defenses in the nation. There's a reason for it, right? Um, overall domination. This is a team that is built, like, West Virginia is built to make you suffer. Fast break, if you just if you go down the stat sheet, there's one thing 
if you're like, what do I need to know about this game? And if I can only pick one thing, I'm going to point everybody towards, look at the fast break points. West Virginia, 23 points uh, to Texas Tech's four. West Virginia loves to create turnovers, but not just that. They have so many good like mobile pieces of, of, of okay, we've created a turnover, let's go get points instantaneously. And they're so good off of that. They, they create so much havoc. There's no way to gain momentum for good teams. And we were suffering off of a road loss. There was no chance uh, for Texas Tech to get really in this one. Albert, what do you think about this game? You know, I, uh, I like, I'm a glasses half full kind of guy, even though many people uh, beg to differ. But, um, you know, so I'm going I'm to look at the positives. Texas Tech held West Virginia to only six offensive rebounds. Mm. Good job. That's a big now, one. Now, some people may say that's because they hit 56% of the shots, so they didn't have a lot of offensive rebounds again. <laughs> but that's only if you look at a glasses half that's empty. Numbers. That's, beside, that's numbers. That's besides the point. All right. Um, flip side, uh, Texas Tech, right, limited or, or was able to get 11 assists in this game. Good job, ladies. Good job. Right? Don't mind the fact that West Virginia had 16. Texas Tech had eight steals in this game. Eight steals. Good job. Right? Good job. West Virginia had as many steals as they did turnovers, which was 15. Uh, Texas Tech had 24. Um, Texas Tech, or West Virginia had seven blocks in this game. Texas Tech had zero. Never mind that. Um, Out-rebound. Now, this is, I'm mostly joking, but I will say 38 rebounds, 22 defensive rebounds, so good job. 22 defensive rebounds. Good job on that aspect. Um, that, and that's legitimate. Jordan Merritt, 11 rebounds by herself. Uh, I think she did really well in this one. But what you, like this, it, it kind of felt like an auto L, especially after Cincinnati. Um, West Virginia is a good team. They've only lost two games this season. But it does bring our NET ranking down. That lost Cincinnati mostly. I mean, I think the West Virginia game is not a big deal. But the lost Cincinnati really brings our ranking down. We're a team that's 1-5 in five on the road. That's, not, that's simply not good. It's not going to get it done. And it's the reason why, as of right now, we are on the outside looking in. We're not going to make the NCAA tournament as it stands. You look at our record, you say 16-8, and eight, how could we not? Our non-con wasn't very good. And even though we're 5-6 and six in conference, and that is a good thing, we haven't played a lot of great teams that's going to bump up our net, right? And so that net ranking right now, as I looked at the bracketology, bracketology currently has... Um, both Iowa State as last four in and then Kansas as the next four out, right? And so I think if you look at the standings, you say, well, how the hell is, you know, Kansas where they are? They're 12 and 10, right? How are they on the next four out? And it's pretty simple is because Kansas is 46 in their net rankings, right? Kansas has two road wins. Kansas has played and beaten some good teams. And so Texas Tech is going to have to go on the road, um, and and find a way to win games. We do have games at oh God bless us at 18th ranked today, like, <laughs> at seventh ranked Texas, um, and at a very good TCU team. So we have three opportunities. If we get let me say, Jeremy, if we get one of these wins, I will be very happy. One of those three, one of those three is enough, right? But now here's the flip side of it: we have four home games left. We might have to win all four. I would actually argue, yeah, you got kind of got to win all four of those games, and cross your fingers and win one of those three. That's five and two to close out the season to have a shot at the tournament. 
well yeah we'll 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 slip back to that at the end um but it's just for this or 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 if we go four and three but that loss at home is to kansas state we still might have a shot at it but you got to win one of those baylor texas tcu k-state you got to win one of those four have to and i would argue it can't be tcu it's (laughs) that easy baby yeah it's just that easy yeah Yeah, it's just that simple you just got to beat, you know, two of the top ten teams in the country. Or, Turn that you know, L upside down. Yep. You either beat one of the top t- 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 one of the top ten teams in the country, or you beat the most storied uh, Baylor, which is one of the most storied women's basketball teams in the country. You know, programs in the country. One. I mean, it's simple, simple stuff. It ain't no thing. It ain't, ain't no, no thing. thing. Um, yeah, to put a bow on this West Virginia game, you let you let four. Uh, you let four or five different, excuse me, uh, one, two, three, four. You let four West Virginia players get double-digit points. Um, you let them shoot 50%. They're just, you got to get better defensively for games like that. But putting a bow on that, getting the pass behind us because we are not cell dwellers on this podcast. Uh, we're just realists. We talk about how it is, and then we, we, we address our issues, man. This is what my therapist would be so proud. We talk about our issues, and then we leave them. Man, I am not dwelling over this stuff. The past is the past. I don't care about Cincinnati, right? The games are ahead of us. There's plenty of opportunities, like Albert said. We can go out. We can win three road games. Here's the thing. If we win one road game, I'll be impressed. If we win two, you're going to make people deciding the NCAA tournament, their job, a little bit more difficult. If you win three, you're going to piss some people off, and you're probably going to be like the last four in um, on the road. But that is for that is for the end of this podcast. We're just going to take a really short ad break from whomever our overlords at Megaphone decide to throw at you. Um, and after that, we're going to talk about the upcoming games briefly against um, who do we have? I guess you'll find out after the ad break. Welcome back to Tortillas and Takes Podcast. I, again, am your host with the most. This is Jeremy's Gym. I didn't say it at the top of the pod. I feel bad about it. Yeah. Albert has been grinding my gears because he's got Albert's Albie's Arena, and he thought that was That's so right. cool. And it's so he said, name. you know what, Jeremy? Jeremy's Gym. Jeremy's Gym. Uh, he knows how many roids I take. He thought, let's just let's talk about Jeremy's Gym. And You know what's great about Jeremy's Gym? What is the acronym for Jeremy's Gym? Oh, you think you're a genius. This is we got a Da Vinci over here. We JG. got a Da Vinci. We got a Da Vinci here. The architect. The architect, I'll be sure. Um, hey, Lady Raiders, currently having a time 16 and 7 overall, 5 and 6 in conference. This is a team that is 13 and 1 at home. We are 1 and 5 on the road. We are Jekyll and Hyde, and it's really pissing us off. But you know what? We got two more we got games coming up. There's still basketball to be played. That starts first with UCF, Central Florida, a new Big 12 team coming into the fray. What can you say about them? I think they're terrible. <laughs> Albert, what do you think about the Knights, the Lady Knights? That's not you, thing, know but. you know what's funny about UCF is that um, I thought outside of football they'd be pretty bad at almost every sport that wasn't football. And they've actually surprised. And, and like we were, I was making fun of them earlier for the men's side, and they've actually been really good. Um, you know, there's some potential for them to be decent in baseball. Um, what, women's basketball is not one of those type areas where they've surprised. They've been about as bad as you expected them to be. Um, they, they just haven't been good. Two and nine in conference so far. Uh, they're, they're, they're not a great team. And they're, they're, I will say 
one of their two wins, their two wins, both of them were, were not bad, right? Houston, uh, Houston team that has been really wishy-washy this year, uh, but the win against Iowa State I thought was impressive. Mm. And if Iowa State does not make the tournament, that loss may be what keeps them out. Uh, so, and now both of those were home games, and this will be a road game. This is a team that has not won a road game, I think, all season. Yeah, they have not won a road game all season. Um, a loss here by the Lady Raiders would be the worst loss of the season. There's no doubt about it. I just don't see it. Because not only is are the Lady Raiders winning games at home, our crowd has been great. Our, you know, by obviously by standards. But our crowd has been really good. It's actually been one of the best crowds in the nation considering. I would argue it's been the best crowd for a, you know, 16-7 uh, uh, and seven team, 5-6 and six in conference, the level we're at, where a WNIT team at currently is the best crowd in the nation for that team. Right. You've seen better crowds across the country because they're Iowa and Caitlin Clark's amazing, this, that, and the other, or LSU is packing it out. South Carolina has a dang near a dynasty going on. But for the level we're at, it's been arguably for for par, best crowd in the, one of the best crowds in the nation, if not the best crowd in the nation for that. I know we're at tops of towards the top of the Big 12. And so because of that, the, the team just really feeds off of the energy of the crowd, energy of the support. Um, and this is also support that – and I'm going on off a tangent, but when I was when I used to work at at, at Tech um, back in like 20, I, I worked for uh, the Double T Zone. It was a a, a um, sports shop, and we used to sell things over the stadium. This is like 2010, and I at the time the men's basketball team was not awful, but we weren't good. Um, but the Lady Raiders fan base was tried and true. There was no flip-flopping. There was no, oh, well, if they win a game, we'll come. If they don't, they were tried and true. There are people that had season tickets for, for, for since 1991 that knew Cheryl Swoops personally that was that had been there from the get-go. And it didn't matter if that team went 0 and you know 30 or if the team went 30-0, and 0, that stadium was going to have the same people there every game. And we're going to give that support every single game. And, and at the time, as, especially as we went to the Billy Gillespie eras, where nobody was at the men's games, that Lady Raiders were still there, tried and true, watching Brittany Griner deck one of our players. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. But my point is, is that I think the team has always really fed off that energy of the crowd, and that continues this year. Yeah, it's really impressive when you do think about it. And I think that's a really good point, that there's a lot of people who have just been there for 20 20- 30 years now, who have been fans of the game. I'm like trying to do the math. I was born in 93, so 30, 30, 30. It is really impressive. The new student, so men have the Raider Riot, which was in its genesis kind of expected to be kind of a multi, you know, the men and women, you know, let's do men and women's, we can do this, but they've really just kind of gravitated only towards men. Uh, They just formed the Scarlet Stampede, which has become the official student section of Lady Raiders. I'm really excited for that. Does seeing Scarlet get any royalties from this? I don't think. In the same they, way that that's the... Not, that's not... Come on now. They need royalties. For what? Here's the thing. In the same uh, way that Iowa State fans get pissy about Iowa claiming that they should be the ones with black uniforms, <laughs> I don't think you can claim the word Scarlet whenever we're Scarlet and black. You know what I'm saying? I think they can. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to fight for them. I think they can. Hey, man. Go get your law degree. You fight for them, baby. You fight for them. For them. You fight for him. Uh, but, yeah, where's that, where are we going with this? UCF, man. So, UCF, let's get back on track. Uh, tough, 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 uh, tough season for them. Just tough existence as, as a basketball program. But I will say there was one shining spot for UCF. 
their entire offense runs through their true guard, Caitlin Peterson, who is averaging over 20 points a game. She has been consistent throughout. I mean, it was like non-con. She was dominating. It has stayed the same way in, in conference play. In their first game against Cincinnati, their 64-63 loss, um, again, this is a team that loses a lot. In their 64-63 loss, she put up 35 points. 35 points is obscene. Um, outside of that, they've got nothing, right? It's, it's, it's a total pass to the Italian scenario. There is nobody on this team that's going to be like, oh, I can get a bucket. It's a please just pass to Caitlin so she can jay it up and get some points. Um, cute and fun and makes for a good comedy movie for a competitive Division One basketball program. Uh, no, it, it, it hasn't paid out dividends for them. And... Um, UCF has just has lost a lot of games because there hasn't been a lot of depth and talent to draw from outside of that. You got something to say, Albert? You seem you seem upset. No, I keep. I'm trying to debate who looks better in black, Iowa or Iowa State. It's. Uh, <laughs> oh my it's God, really we're, still, we're still talking about it. <laughs> it's, it's, you brought it up, and I was like, we, you know, that's a good point. We got to get the Iowa, white, white, light people on here. Iowa's Iowa's a lot more. They they've been wearing the black for a lot longer. It's more in, into their. Piece, but Iowa State looks better in black than Iowa. They do look. The their black thing. uniforms they, are sick. Their black uniforms are nice, and it and pisses off Hawkeye fans so much. Yeah, that's why they're pissed about it because they did have black. They wear it better. The black is they, they do, but Iowa State wears it better. Like that's yeah. the uh, I get it. So I get it. I understand it. It's a. Uh, it's kind of like when Baylor started wearing really nice uniforms, and I'm like, yeah. dang, we started this whole like new uniform thing, but man, y'all just look really great. Anyways. Um, you can tell where Albie thinks about UCF basketball program when he's just thinking about <laughs> Iowa, Iowa State. A rivalry we have no business giving a shit about, and we're stuck up in, we're stuck up in Ames. Which, teaser, we may be going to Ames for the football game next year. Maybe. It, we'll it's see. either here nor there. But we may be in Ames Maybe. getting trashed at this weird local We bars. might have to put out a poll whether we should go to, to, to Tucson or Ames. It's one of the two. Um, I like that. We'll get it tweeted out to yeah. the network. To the masses. I feel like more people would choose Tucson, though. You think so? I'm well, I don't know. Iowa I State has a bigger presence, so they. If would you get, get Iowa State going. fans on it, they're going to be like. I think neutral fans will choose Tucson more, <clears throat> but I think most like Iowa State will get get the crowd going. Um, but to your point, Caitlin Peterson is a bucket by herself. Like she is, yeah, God, she's yeah. a bucket. But the thing about it is, is that the transfer why they, her. Get her. In to my tech. opinion, high key. In my opinion, the reason why they've been losing games is because everybody's like, "That's fine. You can get twenty a game. Get twenty. Get 30. Nobody else will score, and you're going to lose this game. And it's been working. Like, she's, she can get 20, and that's fine. That is perfectly okay. And if nobody else scores, US, UCF is going to lose. It reminds me a lot of Vivian Gray. Yeah. If I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. were like, hey, Viv, you go up and score, because we're just going to card everyone else. And so yeah. you can get your buckets, get your points, but you're going to lose. Yeah, it, it's definitely... And there's really not too much to say about UCF. They've been pummeled all season. Like you said, they have not won on the road. Um, I'm very opti- I, uh, I'm very optimistic about this game because for me, the big thing that I've highlighted, like my key, my key for the upcoming games is that they're both at home. Uh, and so let's let's just actually let's before we like do the preview or the score stuff and anything like that. Um, Oklahoma State. After that. Another well, team. Oh, real quick, we before we get off of UCF, I, UCF, I did pull this up because I, th- I thought it was interesting. So the two games they won in conference this year, uh, when they beat Iowa State, they had three players in double figures. Peterson only had 11, but Burns had 20 and Jewett had 14. And even Robinson had nine, right? 
And when UCF beat Houston, all five starters scored in double digits. Right now, Peterson it had twenty-seven in that total game. Total Vivian Gray scenario. Wow. Right? So that's the thing. Let Peterson score. Guard everybody else. She goes out for thirty. Great. Good for her. You're still going to lose, and that's been the case. That's crazy. I would actually, if I had the time and I cared, I would go watch that tape and see how Peterson plays differently if she facilitates more and they win. I don't know. That's going to be a very interesting thing to pay attention to because my, my connection to Vivian Gray was that, you know, Vivian, Viv Gray was a great basketball player. A great basketball player. When she left, it felt like the rest of the team got a chance to shine. And offensively across the board, people got more points because it wasn't like, hey, let's just run through Viv. It was like, okay, let's pass the ball around. Let's like figure out what's going to work. And hey, the hot hand is the hot hand. So interesting Viv, kind of development. And Viv Gray's defense, I think sometimes when you're that good, it's kind of like Kobe when he was with the Lakers in the mid-2000s. When you're that good, you mean to tell me you want me to pass a Smush Parker? I ain't passing a Smush Parker. I'm Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> so I do feel like yeah. there's a lot of that. With Viv, was like, you want me to? No, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm a score. Just, just hand Smush a camera. Hey, take a picture of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be my camera guy. Yeah, my fifth camera guy. So – UCF, not really a threat. We'll kind of give our score prediction. Well, we will give our score predictions here in a second, but let's just quickly, because um, we have to do two at one time. Uh, Oklahoma State, another team in the Big 12 that is not struggling near as much as UCF. Um, they're kind of in the middle of the road. We talked about it earlier. We've got this Texas Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Kansas. There's this mixture of, you know, who we can really at any point um, jostle for position, right? They've taken, but here's the thing. Oklahoma State's been on a heater in the worst way. They've taken every, for the past five games they've lost, they have just L, 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 with not a lot to good to say about the program because they have not adjusted with their losses. And it seems like they're just continuing to, they're trying to like hammer the triangle through the square hole and it's not working. Uh, what are your thoughts about Oklahoma State right now? Um, this is a it is, it's always a good time to play a team on a five game losing streak and that's lost six of the last seven. Oklahoma State at one point was it felt like a shoe in uh, for the tournament. Now they are on their last leg. Their net ranking has come down to 58th in the country. Uh, they can't buy anything. I mean they, they are truly, truly struggling. And I do think it's going to be important for Tech to make sure that they continue to struggle, right? Like, to make sure that they are very much still in it. Now, Tech, last time these two teams played, mm-hmm. uh, Tech traveled to Stillwater and took took an L, right? Uh, it took a fat L. A, took a fat L, right? They start, once again, they started slow, only scored four points in the first quarter of that game. Started very slow. They tried to fight and claw their way back, but it's just they, when you're already down – by 15 at halftime, I mean, what you know, it's, it's really difficult. Uh, 16 at halftime, sorry. It's really difficult to even have anything to say from that. But now you're playing this Oklahoma State team. You can, you can get that get back. You can get that back, get back. They're now coming from Stillwater to Lubbock. Give them a chance. They're coming off of a five-game skid. This is tax time to get some get back. And I do think this is kind of a tournament elimination game. Mm. Like, like loser of this game, I really don't think has any shot at the tournament. We're and both like, playing in the coffin, but somebody's going to put in the nail. Yeah, like it's, it's not like the winner of this game is in the tournament. It's really just a loser of this game is likely out. Yeah. And I like that because I think that doesn't scare me as much. Okay, the first time 
we played Oklahoma State. They shot lights out at home. They were over 50% from the field. They were having a great game. They have not shot that good since. In fact, it's gotten worse every game. It seems like they've just been like their identity has been gone, having a hard time facilitating, having a hard time drawing up good inbound plays, stuff like that. They're doing the small things wrong, and it's really kind of biting them in the ass. My key, again, just to, hype, to, to, to highlight it again, is that we're playing at home. And so we've got the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde scenario once again where we can go on the road we're gonna probably lose. It's it's almost like if you're Vegas, you're thinking this is <laughs> just just take the loss, take that L. Um, but when you're at home, Texas Tech is just a different team, and I like that it is part of it is the supporting cast of all the fans that are in the stands. But it is also for some reason, man, like the team is rested, the team plays more cohesively. Everybody seems to kind of have that 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 uh, like that psychic ability of like I know where this player is gonna be, so I'm gonna like mop in. Her assists look best at home. I'm going to dish it out. I'm going to do this. Jazz Shavers plays really well. She has a great ball. Jordan Merritt plays really well. You have a lot of people that they play like to their potential at home. And so in a neutral site, this would be a good game to be like, man, I don't really know because both these teams have a lot of similar elements. Let's really break down the data. But because we're at home and they're on the road and they're playing like absolute donkey, for me, I like this game. Are you predicting a Texas Tech victory? So let's talk about it. <laughs> let's wrap it up. So two games, uh, two games here, two home games here after Texas Tech's been struggling quite a bit. Um, we've got UCF, and then, of course, we've got Oklahoma State. Um, UCF on Saturday, and Oklahoma State's going to be next. Um, it's going to be on Valentine's Day, so the 14th. Uh, which what a what a way to go out um, if you're if you're the loser on that one, okay for UCF Albi, 7 p.m. Saturday night it's gonna be a double UCF day for Texas Tech men's and for women so UC, uh, ladies get them Saturday night 7 p.m. a night game in Lubbock Texas against a team that does not win on the road versus a team that wins really a lot at home what's your prediction? Let me tell you something. We could be we could be have lost ten games in a row. We're not losing this game to UCF. <laughs> uh, no, not, I don't think so either. We're not losing this game to UCF. Like, is, come on, come on. Like, we're not losing this game to UCF. I don't. I don't know. I think I would have been a little bit more scared if this was at UCF. I think even at UCF, I would have still felt somewhat like. I think that would have made it a 50-50 game just because of our inability to win on the road and the fact that it is a far distance. Um, but you were you were mentioning how you thought that Texas Tech was just a better, more talented than Cincinnati. I. And, and I don't necessarily know if we were more talented than Cincinnati. I think it's close. I, the UCF, I don't think it's close. I think we are a much, much better team uh, than the UCF women. And, uh, I, yeah, I, the Lady Raiders, they, they, this is – they got to get back to win, the winning ways. Get back to – I think they're going to feed off that home energy. It's a, week, it's a weekend game, so that's going to really – that support's going to be there. Um, back in the friendly confines, a good dub. Good dub. It is going to snow Saturday night, though, so we'll see. Uh, but no, nobody here cares about that. We're used to it. Um, do you have a point? Do you have a point scale for me? You, you got some kind of point? Um, yeah, good question. I'm going to go. Tech, Tech doesn't like to blow teams out unless they're Houston, apparently. Yeah, um, I was about to say. We've had a hard time getting above uh, 60. Yeah, but I, am gonna, I, I do think they're going to go above 60. I'm going to go 64 to 50. Nice. 
I also pick a use. Uh, <laughs> I also pick a Texas Tech victory. Um, no problem, no question. I think we get out of a quick start at home. Good defense, good facilitation. I think you're going to have a lot of good double digit. They're going to have a lot of double digit scores. Um, obviously, look for Jazz Shavers, Bailey Maupin, but also look for Jordan Merritt. I think Jordan Merritt's really having kind of a meteoric rise here at the end of the season. Really starting to feel conditioned. Probably is a good word for it. Conditioned to the Big Twelve play and. Um, you know, filling into a role well, or at least feeling like responsible for her job on the court. So for me, I actually think that um, Texas Tech will have a good, we, we won against TCU at home 71-65. I think a very similar situation where um, UCF's worse than that. So I think we actually end up with like 75-59, actually. I think that, I, I believe in Coach Gerlich and I believe in this team at home. So 75-59, uh, um, kind of a nice big blowout win. But moving forward, staying you see how. You see how Jeremy just took mine and then said, I'm going to make it 10 points higher. <laughs> Instead of 64, I'll make 75. And instead of 50, I'm going to do 59. You would have said that you shit that. no matter what number I said. You see, you see how he mean? took my, and made you know my I mean? seven you know points I mean? more than me, five you points know, more than me. Just, you know how he uh, maths. <laughs> I failed calculus in college. All right, moving on. We got uh, Oklahoma State on Valentine's Day, 6 p.m. game here in Lubbock, Texas. Who do you got? You know, give me give me the Lady Raiders again at home. This one I do think is going to be close. I do think this one's going to be close and a close game, close contest. Uh, but luckily for Tech, what's going to be in their favor is, is that, you know, sometimes we've talked about like, oh, man, this team just lost. They're going to be, you know, fired up. They're going to be gunning. By the time Oklahoma State plays the Lady Raiders, they would have lost six in a row. They play at K-State before they play us again. That's going to be another L. And they're going to lose and lose badly. And uh, when you lose six in a row, it's not like you're coming back for a vengeance. You just feel yeah. bad about yourself. It's not automatic. No. It's just, <laughs> you just, you, you, you think you're the worst. You just feel bad. And this is the right time to face case, uh, Oklahoma State. That they, they would at that time have lost six in a row, lost seven of the last eight, and continue reeling. And we're going to put that nail in the coffin. I'm going to go Texas Tech victory. Um, I do think it's going to be close. I do think this is going to be, uh, let's see here. I'm going to actually go... Oklahoma State's defense is not going to travel in this game. They've been giving up 70 a bit. So I'm going to go 72-66. Texas Tech? Yeah, Texas Tech. <laughs> 72-66. That's a close game. Um, no, I like the point that you make. I think it. I think this will be a... a, un, a, a, a it's going to be a very exciting game. But exciting, not because like, oh wow, big game, top twenty-five match. It's gonna be exciting because we're we're both people just fighting for survival. It's gonna be very, um, very good basketball in the sake of like pure basketball of like, I don't care what your rank is, I don't care what any of this is. You're both doing absolutely everything you can to win this game. Uh, it's gonna be good. You said seventy-two, sixty-five. 66. 66. I'm going to I'm going to price is right you. I'm going to say Texas Tech's going to win 73-67. Uh, lock that one in because I'm much smarter than Albie, of course. I got the numbers. You do this every time. You do I this do every this. time. <laughs> never, do, it never I do changes. This every time. You do this every I know time. this. All right, well, <laughs> um, big big two games coming up for the Lady Raiders, obviously. Uh, we'd like to win on the road, but you absolutely have to win at home. And so you got a couple, you got big ones coming up after this. These are the these are the home games. 
take the take the W, get momentum, uh, because the schedule just gets harder, right? Number 18, Baylor on the road, followed by number seven, Texas on the road. You're going to need every bit of momentum that you can get, every bit of goodwill. So Coach Garlic, team, whatever y'all got to do, whatever y'all got to eat, make it happen, get the dubs, uh, and let's move forward and, and try to make some kind of con- uh, considerate effort to get at least eyes on us for the tournament. I think that for me personally, tournament's out. You're not going to get in the tournament, but we can look at, it, at the WNIT as like a strong contender, um, maybe kind of jostle for position not, there. Not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. What does this guy know? Tortillas and takes, realistic, pessimistic p- podcast. Don't listen to these guys. Um, but, okay, Albert, any, uh, any last thoughts? If you get to 20 wins, you'll make the tournament. It's just hard. It's going to be hard to get to 20 wins. <laughs> I'll say we're, this. We're four wins away. I say, you know what's funny is I say if you get to 20 wins, you'll make the tournament. Uh, I, I think if our predictions are going true, and this time next week we're when these next two, that means we'll have 18 wins. And you'll say, oh, man, 20 wins, we need two more. And you say at 18th Baylor, at 7th Texas, home against Cincinnati, at TCU, at uh, home against 8th rank K-State. So not as easy as it sounds. But if you get to 20 wins, you make the tournament. If you get, I like that. I I hate how simple it sounds, but I like it. Uh, all right, for Albie Shore, his first and only time on this segment of the podcast. We'll never see him again, folks. Cherish this. Lock it away. Download it in case the internet falls apart. Just remember this forever. Um, I am the People's Champ. This is the Tortillas and Takes podcast, presented by the Ten Twelve Network, sponsored by Charlie Hustle, Vintage Made Fresh. Um, yeah, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.